Welcome to the Drive Time News Blast. 30 minutes, 50 for subscribers of News of the Day from a perspective of truth, liberty, and justice. This is Monica Perez. And I'm Brad Binkley. The top story today really isn't that interesting, except for a kind of look behind the curtain, I think, is that Bob Dole is laying in state. Not every senator who dies gets to lay in state in the Senate or whatever it is, the rotunda. And today, Biden said some words and they, to me, smacked as very sincere, like we were really friends and this is a loss and I respected him. And I absolutely believe that because I believe that this entire political apparatus, really, when it gets to that level, the leaders, the 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 faces of the parties, they have way more in common with each other. They respect each other way, way more than they respect us. We have they have more in common with each other than they have with us. And it is kind of like all the world's a stage for these guys. But there's also an element. I was on History Homos last night, which was really, really fun. And one of the things that we talked about was kind of why they do what they do and how they treat us and how they give us information in advance. And one of the things that I had heard from somebody in that echelon he was a peer of mine in school but he was definitely in that echelon and he said that you you don't get satisfaction out of being respected unless you have the respect of your peers and the higher up you get the fewer and fewer of those people there are so i can see biden really feeling like there's loss now they're a different generation i think dole is almost a hundred and Biden is almost 80. But I think there was something to that. And as far as Bob Dole himself, he had charm. He was missing an arm from being a war hero. Uh, but he was just a just another Republican, in my opinion. He wasn't anybody who who held the line against bigger government or any of that. And I actually thought it was weird that you never would have expected him to outlive Norm McDonald. Like the best part of Bob Dole was the Norm McDonald <laughs> um, parody of him. I can't hear you, but uh, there it was. I really enjoyed that and I love Norm McDonald, but well, so we lost them both in I think the same year. So anyway, but just we're in that political echelon. Yeah. The impersonation is what I was saying right. a moment ago when my mic was muted, but it's like when two star athletes who battled over their entire careers and one of them dies. The other one, why they might not have liked each other. or They might've acted like they didn't like each other during the competition. They really were probably buddies behind the scenes. I think that's probably the case for a lot of them as well. Speaking of aging politicians, Hillary Clinton reemerged yesterday. I don't know if you saw this, but she delivered her would be 2016 speech. And it was about seven minutes or so of the speech she obviously or somebody wrote it for her rewrote it for her they acted like this is what she wrote would have delivered when it obviously had been updated with little jabs at trump that could only be informed by the past five years that would not have happened you know pre-2016 but that's not why i'm talking about the story because while this is fodder for mockery across the internet and across social media. This little stunt served its purpose very, very well. And that's exactly what it was. This was a PR stunt for the website Masterclass, 
which is an online education yes. subscription platform that Hillary is teaching a class in. So we can take Hillary's class and we can learn from her. I believe. What it's is the class? How to lose? No, I think it's introductory to adrenochrome extraction. <laughs> what is it, though, for real? It is it possibly be the too. power of resilience, and it is a how to lose. Yeah, well, exactly. How to lose. How to overcome. <laughs> right. In many ways, she had to be resilient. I'll give her that. She has had to be resilient throughout her entire life, and it's 16 individual video lessons for three hours and 23 minutes. So if you want to support Masterclass and Hillary Clinton, there you go, and I guarantee you it drove tons of people to that site, proving once again that controversy is the best marketing technique that yep. people use these days. Well, there is some other marketing stuff going on um, that, well, for one thing, I got a text from, I think, Trump's social launching. Did you get a text like that? I get texts like, from Trump's hours? social media stuff all day, oh, every okay. day. All right. So I'm not going to skip to that. We'll, we, we'll go. Let's go to the next story. And then we'll talk about that later. All right, so a quick update on the Christmas tree incident that happened outside Fox News. Their tree got burned down by a 48-year-old man, or maybe he was 50, but they were saying that perhaps it was an attack on Christianity. I think that's a bit of a stretch. And in the update, so apparently this guy, before he set the tree ablaze, he was outside of the courthouse where Ghislaine Maxwell is being tried, and he just decided to expose himself to a bunch of journalists and run off. And I think he was escorted off, a journalist said. I, I guess he got out of jail, or maybe they didn't take him in. Maybe they gave him a warning. He's a homeless guy. And on top of that, the way that he burned the tree down is he climbed up the tree. And it was an artificial tree. It's a giant tree. Wow. And he climbed up the middle How of the tree. They it was an artificial tree? Well, How it's did a they massive tree. Down? Well, but the Rockefeller Center tree is absolutely as bigger. The base is bigger than my house. And every year it's it's fresh. And it used to come from my from Rockland County where I grew up. So you would see huge giant trees missing. They didn't always come from Rockland County. It came from all over. But you would see. And a lot of times they had to take them because they were encroaching on the houses and stuff. Yeah. But they're huge trees. They were usually natural. But, and how do you burn not. down an artificial tree? I think How do you do that, it? Well, obviously, you just take a stack of papers and you start lighting stuff on fire in the middle mm, of the tree. That's what he did. That's kind of sounding like the I-85 collapse. Yeah, perhaps. You know, but See, uh, but a homeless guy exposing himself and causing trouble like that, that doesn't surprise me at all. That almost yeah. sounded like a legit story, except for how easy it is to light that tree on fire. It does not sound legit. I don't know. I think it's probably pretty easy to light a tree on fire like that, if I had to guess. I, I bet it's not that tough. But I think it does fit with a the theme that he's exposing himself outside the Maxwell trial when they're talking about that type <laughs> of stuff inside of the trial. But one of the one of the people on Fox, her name is Earhart, says, don't worry, don't worry. Do not be deterred. We won't be. We're going to rebuild it. We're going to rebuild it and we're going to build it back better. She did not say that. Yeah, she did. I think wow. she was probably taking a jab at Biden. But. Right. OK, because I was listening to headline news today, the Fox headline news, and they said that the tree was already up again. So maybe she they worked fast. Yeah. But their angle on the story was that this guy is already out on the streets because some change in categorizing things to from felonies to misdemeanors and then applying to misdemeanors, the no bail, no jail rule 
So it's the same thing as what is being big, uh, big news in L.A. as this D.A. George Gascon. I did not vote for him. I was mad. I got to vote here and I did vote. But I was mad at the D.A. because the uh, it was Anthony McLean was absolutely shot in the back by a cop when he was running away from a traffic stop and killed. And they I think they planted a gun. The whole story was fishy. And I was going to vote against this D.A. just for that reason alone. But then I saw that her opponent, this guy, George Gascon, had the the endorsement of Governor Newsom. And that was enough to make me not vote for him, even though I had a personal thing against that or an, a legitimate issue against the incumbent. I've still voted for her. And I was right because this guy is a disaster. But what they're doing, it's obviously like a plot that there there's it's a coordinated effort from certainly New York and L.A., where it's totally reasonable. I've always thought no bail, no jail for something that isn't a crime against person or property. So you can't have any malaprohibitive crimes, it, nothing, drugs, gambling, prostitution, regulatory infractions, um, you know, no registration. None of that should have bail or jail. You absolutely cannot lose your liberties for stuff like that. They shouldn't even be crimes. But actual crimes, you should crack down on and now there is the argument of whether you should be penalized for bail with bail or jail before you've been convicted but if you've been there are grounds for being arrested you can't just be arrested for no grounds whatsoever so usually there's a reason for it but what they're doing instead of just using that protocol which is what i would do they're saying no bail or jail for misdemeanors and then they're categorizing things that are dangerous behavior like arson arson is a crime against property that also has danger to person. So this is clearly something that should be deterred stringently. It should really, it should really come against, but this was just another example of, you know, the left is loose on crime. And then the, the response isn't going to be, let's look at the principle. Let's look at what would work. Let's, you know, what I just explained, that's not going to be the response from Republicans. The resp response is going to be more policing, et cetera, et cetera. And so to me, this is a classic dialectic. Yeah, I think there's probably also a little mental health issue in there, too. His father said he probably did it to get attention. And as I said, he, he's homeless possibility he was on drugs i don't know so i don't know if you were affected by the amazon outage did you know about this it happened earlier yeah. this week on tuesday well they had an outage and they gave a lot of people a glimpse of how dependent they are on their smart homes and perhaps what it might be like if an emp strikes so the cloud not like buying stuff was it like a Christmas shopping problem? No, it was more than that. It was, some people were unable to do basic household hold chores. Their refrigerators were out. Their Amazon service, here's what went out for Amazon. Their cloud computing networks were disrupted, and it caused a wide range of companies connected to that cloud and smart devices to be out for most of the day. And here are some of the ways that people were affected. Vacuum cleaners didn't work. Some of their vacuum cleaners, their light switches, their fridges, their doorbells, their cat food dispenser stopped working. So I guess they couldn't feed their cat. The dispenser that does it for them didn't work. How about door locks? That would be a problem. The ring doorbell and door lock, that also was affected. So the cameras didn't work. Many people reported being unable to get into their home because they accessed it through those smart devices, the smart locks. Others said they were unable to turn on their Christmas lights. <laughs> Amazon Alexa was silent. 
providing no answers to people's questions. There was one, there was one guy quoted who said that over the pandemic, he had become dependent on Amazon Alexa. Mm-hmm. He, he would just ask her questions all the time. And then he <laughs> felt a little bit of separation anxiety, not having Amazon readily. The voice no longer ah, spoke back and must have ah. saddened his heart. The Alexa powered lights didn't work in people's homes. One woman said that she had to open up to let the sunlight in because she had become so dependent on the smart device that she had covered up her wall switches with furniture and stuff so she couldn't get to them wow. moving all of her <laughs> furniture and if what a ticket master was affected disney netflix streaming services package tracking from zappos were taken out students at the university of florida couldn't access a program called canvas which is a service they use to submit homework assignments access grades and message professors and his finals right now so they were freaking out Wow. Amazon blamed the outage on impaired network devices. It's a very general explanation. Impaired network devices. They must have had many because that's a lot to go wrong. And all day long, nine hours, these people said they were unable to use that stuff. They continue to push us onto the cloud. Get on the cloud, do the smart stuff, and then we continue to see stories about the consequences of relying on the cloud. And Amazon has had cloud problems before. Maybe there should be a backup cloud. Maybe you can pay for a backup system like a generator in your house to not have that problem. I mean, they're going to solve the problem. They're not going to leave you without uh, incentive to get on the cloud. But as far as big tech goes, Meta was back in under scrutiny in the Senate as the head of Insta was under fire for not doing enough to curb hate speech or banning certain hashtags that relate to what what the ADL says. So maybe it was the ADL who was uh, claiming this problem, which is that they don't ban hashtags that are related to white supremacists and nationalist organizations. And the answer, the explanation from Insta is that, and this is what really annoyed me, is that some of that speech is counter speech. So you're going to put a hashtag <laughs> Proud Boys to make fun of Proud Boys. But the other thing that he said was, and some is legitimate speech. Now, that's a really uncool choice of words because legitimate means legal. So yeah. are they, you know, and there's a couple of things coming out of that, which is what they were actually talking about in the Senate, they were focusing on kind of the headlines are saying is this same theme that keeps coming up that they are directing girls towards things, teen girls, especially that give them real body image problems and that it's having an effect on their mental health. And that is absolutely true. I don't doubt that at all. I have had, I have three teens. I have tried many times to get this stuff to, Help me curate the content a little bit, just a little. You can either set it on little kid stuff or no porn. And that's ba- basically it. So there's a lot of the stuff that's not good. And I, and one service that I looked at or several said that YouTube, for example, won't even allow a third party to offer. They won't cooperate with anybody who offers an outside curation um, program. So it, they mean for that stuff to go into the wrong places. I think Google and Facebook are connected to the government anyway. So for me, it's not like Google and Facebook are out of control for the profits. This is a, a bigger scheme. And they're just using this thing that absolutely no one thinks is good. No one can get behind giving teen girls eating disorders. That's not okay. But of course, what they're pushing for is that they want stricter government oversight of social media apps, which is where that ADL, the Anti-Defamation League stuff comes in, 
where they're saying, well, that means that we need stricter, stricter and stricter censorship against what what ideas can be exchanged. And since, again, I think stuff like Proud Boy, Boogaloo Boy, stuff like that, I know plenty of people have texted me saying or DM me saying that they um, that it's totally legit. And maybe it is. But I feel like at the uppermost level, it's created. That stuff was created and then shaped in a way that would justify this kind of stuff. And uh, obviously, I I think they want to control social media for a different reason so that we can't push back on things like vaccination or other policies we don't like. And I do want to get into that, too. There's a lot of that going on today as well. Uh, I'll remind you that that case at trial in Charlottesville right now is centered around the coded language that they use. They were interpreting to the jury what these words actually meant. And when we start getting into everything's coded language and people do use coded language, there's no doubt about it on all sides, then you can start to kind of suggest that something means something that it might not mean. And you can just call it racist. This actually speaks to what we were talking about in that Rockfin video where they want to just wipe all type of uh, dissident speech off of social media. And of course, they, as we've said before, they brought the right into that by starting that coded language thing on Pizzagate. So already everybody was kind of on board to acknowledge coded language. And then also in the beginning of Jigsaw, which is a division of Google, they've been for a long time working on sarcasm, bullying, humor, stuff like that. And I think they they. I mean, whether it's coded language or they want to hide behind the stuff that they take down, saying it means something more. If they don't want you canning tomatoes, that's another Rockfin clip we did. They don't want you canning tomatoes, then that's okay because the CFR lady says that that's just 10 layers deep on a on a white supremacist. So if they start yeah, taking away code, right. I mean, seriously, that that's what everything sounds ad absurdum when you put it like that a couple of steps before they actually take those steps. But I think we've seen in the past 18 months or more that, that there's nothing that I, that's too far fetched that they would do if they could get away with it. And they're getting closer and closer to getting away with just total censorship and control, but not, but there's some real pushback on the vaccine front and other, other COVID stuff. Yeah. And remdesivir, which was the highly touted first medication approved to, to treat people infected with COVID, it has been recalled. Unlike other recent recalls, remdesivir, the remdesivir warning isn't about dosage. It's, it's about what was found inside lots of the drugs, which was traces of glass particles, which I think can obviously have an effect on your health when you're being injected with glass particles. The FDA shared the announcement on its website. It said the administration of an injectable product that contains glass particles may result in local irritation or swelling in response to the foreign material. If the glass particle reaches the blood vessels, it can travel to various organs and black blood vessels in the heart, lungs, or brain, which can cause stroke and even lead to death. And the maker of the drug has notified hospitals of the recall. They've told them to not use the remaining lots that they had. And anybody who survived COVID who received remdesivir during their hospitalization has a phone number and a helpline to call if they have been experiencing any negative consequences that might be related to that. Well, when we talked about it the other day, I had a message from a listener saying that the nurses call it run, death is near. <laughs> yeah. But maybe they recalled it for that reason. Maybe they recalled those lots for a different reason. But yeah. there a lot of people are skeptical about remdesivir. Uh, and 
they have a good reason to be. I don't understand how people trust across the board Big Pharma and the FDA approval process. Today there was, or yesterday, there was an article came out on Reuters talking about, well, here's the headline. As red flags multiplied, Johnson & Johnson kept quiet on popular diabetes drug. Invokana was the company's big bet on the vast market for type 2 diabetes drugs. While sales soared, Reuters found executives rebuffed their safety experts' advice to warn regulators about a dangerous complication. So people taking this were getting diabetic ketoacidosis, which is, I guess, increased acid in the blood, and it was really causing problems. So thousands of people became seriously ill, and hundreds of people may have died from it. There were deaths linked to this. This just shows you when they do a trial, if a trial can affect one in a thousand people, then you're if a drug can have a side effect that affects one in a thousand people, you need a trial that's at least a thousand people, hopefully several thousand. So if it happens to one in a million people, you need a trial that that is that big. So sometimes what they call the phase five trial is out in the world. And it's only when it goes to millions of people do they really see how sick people can get. And if you're not that ill, so they're talking now about marketing this thing to pre-diabetic people. If you understood there was a one in a million chance that you would die, but there's zero chance of your dying of pre-diabetes, you could probably even change your diet, then on, on that basis, you might not choose the drug. So they don't want that because they want that it's a much bigger market who's pre-diabetic than who's actually diabetic, which in itself is a big market. So it really matters to them how these things are classified and uh, what comes out about it. But this seems to be a bit of a scandal. And the the remedy seems to have only ever been to warn people on the label. So some of these warnings did yeah. make it to the label. But right. I feel like at that point, I mean, how much of that stuff do you really look at? It's almost a joke when you see those ads on TV and they just the auctioneer on. With yeah, like exactly. the amount of seconds. Somebody I know works with an advertising firm was telling me about the person, they have a specific person because they're so good at reading the the side effects, potential side effects so quickly because they have to condense it down into 30 second, 50 second ads and they just rip them off. Yeah. And, and this is Johnson and Johnson. I think Johnson and Johnson is fair game right now. I think they were the ones who were elected to come up with the DNA vaccine. There are ones who are allowed to be hit on this because I think for our market, it's the RNA vaccine that our fearless <laughs> evil overlords are wanting the U.S. to have. So they they want, it's almost like a straw man. They want J&J to be something that takes the heat. So they don't mind putting out an article like this. But still, the fact remains, you cannot trust big pharma. The FDA approval process is um, got holes in it. And uh, you just have to use your own judgment on some of these things. Yeah, and they were pushing remdesivir hardcore across the board while people in Congress, Trump, others that are high profile weren't taking it. They were taking the monoclonal antibodies while they were pushing remdesivir on the public. Well, remdesivir, though, they're just recalling some lots for contamination, right? They're not they're not taking they're not removing the it across the board. Yeah. But they, I mean, it seems to be a substantial amount that they're removing from the market. Yeah. Yeah, I hear you. So. Before we get to our last big story of the Free 30, which is about Americans supporting the religious exemption and also some of the events that have happened regarding the vaccine mandates. Let me tell you about what we're going to talk about in the XR. So in the XR, 
we should talk about why you should be cautious using emojis at work and a funny headline about Ukraine that I think Americans and Russians would read very differently. And I'll tell you a little bit more about that. But before we get to all of that, a big thanks to the sponsor of today's show, Etienne de la Boetsy Squared and his latest edition of Government, the Biggest Scam in History. He is currently working on a fifth edition, updated with the biggest scam of our time, the so-called pandemic, through artofliberty.org slash Indiegogo. You can there pre-order the fifth edition, which, as I said, is updated with the scam of the COVID, a new 32 gig liberator and best evidence of COVID criminality, as well as new formats, EPUB, hard copy, high res and a new gorilla pop up bookstore. So if you have a retail establishment, even a little one, you can sell this great book and actually get some profit. So you could get everything you need to merchandise the book in a small footprint in coffee shops, cafes, yoga studios. Cost is $10, 10 books and 10 liberators for, for, and a merchandising kit for $275. But you make a lot of that back selling the book, but you can simply pre-order the book for yourself or as gifts at artofliberty.org slash Indiegogo. And best of all, Etienne himself will be on the propaganda report walking us through all the new material. So we will even have musical guest Grant Elman with his viral video scam. So let's hear if it's a good song. I think it is. I heard snippets of it, but I want to hear the whole thing. I really look forward to that. And if all goes according to plan, we will see that video in our uh, Rockfin feed and listen to the audio and all of our other feeds by this time next week. So if you love our show, want to support our show, support our sponsors, but also support us. We're here doing live, the DNBXR live on Rockfin with video right now. So if you are just listening to the audio free, you might want to see the video. Go to rockfin.com slash propaganda report. Or if you don't need the video and you want to just listen, you can still come to Rockfin every weekday. Every day we do a DNB XR and get the entire thing. If you want an RSS feed of all of that stuff, you can go to patreon.com slash propaganda report and get all the same content. Rockfin also has our deep dives. That's exclusive to Rockfin. But uh, you can help us and help yourself with some extra content at patreon.com slash propaganda report or rockfin.com slash propaganda report. And with that, on to the last big story of the Free 30. So it's not, it's just a few little tidbits, not um, a ton of information, but I was reading in the Washington Times today that 58% of Americans support the religious exemption out for vaccine mandates. So 58% of the people, which for me, that's actually not great because that means that 42% feel that you should not be able to get an exemption. <laughs> so I don't like that at all. I mean, I don't know if it was worded that way, but if only, only 58% are in support, but it's still a majority. And 10% say that their religion uh, would prohibit them or their religious beliefs would prohibit them from getting the vaccine. I personally think to the extent that my religion requires a respect for the sanctity of life and actually 
Catholicism has extensive writings on when you can use gene therapy. And this is this is gene therapy, and it is not in that list. Now, a lot of Catholic clergy have said it's fine, including the Pope, but uh, you might want to look into that. And a lot of companies are beginning to rescind the vax mandate that they were poised to or actually implementing in the wake of what Biden said by announcing regulations that said that companies with more than 100 employees or even companies who contracted with the federal government had to have their employees vaccinated without a testing opt-out, I think, if I recall correctly. But both the judicial and legislative branches pushed back on that. And I found this little tidbit interesting. Congress has a mechanism to negate an executive order. And this is going through Senate. It actually passed the Senate where they said that executive order is a no-go. And I found that annoying just on its face because an executive order to me is totally unconstitutional. Um, the administrative law in general is unconstitutional. You can't have law being written and coming out of the executive branch. Law comes out of the legislative branch. At least I thought the legislative branch is asserting its ability to veto that stuff. We don't, it's probably unlikely that this would also pass Congress, but get this craziness. Even if it does, Biden can veto it. <laughs> so how, what is the point of that? It really annoyed me. So um, the reason they want to make sure that, so if if the private companies don't have a vax mandate, but the federal government does. Now the federal government has a lot of benefits and stuff and you, you they'll always be able to hire people. It's hard, it, government jobs, some people really, really like them. And if you lose some folks because they don't want to get the vax, you'll definitely fill those ranks. But generally speaking, you would want a mandate like this to be universal. Because if it isn't, if, say, uh, only Costco had a vax mandate, then their employees might take less money to work at Walmart or Target in order to not have the vax mandate. So if so, what you would do is you would, of course, penalize the companies who were overly demanding from their employees. And that's the overlords do not want that. So they try to get it universal. They try to get these laws. So there's no place to run. And I wondered if some of this. So McConnell supposedly was all behind that. But at the same time, we brought a story yesterday or the day before that said that McConnell uh, was kind of went along with Schumer and the gang in temporarily removing the filibuster possibility for the debt ceiling vote. And that gave Democrats power. And I wondered why it was kind of weird. I don't care about the debt ceiling. And then I found out, I guess I was reminded that they were going to some Republicans were going to attach to the debt ceiling limit removal, whatever, to do away with the VAX mandate, to put a law in there that didn't allow it. So by McConnell taking out the filibuster, maybe he on his face gets to say, I'm against the VAX mandate, but he kind of neutralized the mechanism by which the Republicans might have actually been able to get that to happen because this thing where they're rescinding the executive order won't work if Congress doesn't go along with it and if Biden has the power to veto it. So I just thought that was an interesting little twist 
And, uh, you know, a lot of policy yeah. stuff. I'm not a huge, you know, don't really enjoy the policy talk because I'm uh, a basically a, a voluntarist. So I don't like any, I don't want their policies to work. I want it all to go away. But this is happening. It does affect us. Well, there's a bunch of Democrats that are now taking kind of an opposite stand on the mandates. They're still supporting the vaccine, but they are not supporting the widespread mandates. Gretchen Whitmore of Michigan, Joe Manchin, John Tester, the senator, even Kathy Hochul of oh. New York, they have stated their opposition to a broad-based mandate of for the private sector workers anyway. And the reason is because they're feeling out the public. And this, the public, as you yeah. stated the numbers earlier, they're not going to get reelected if they go up there and they're promoting the mandates. Yes, but there's a little detail in that, which is, so two of them are senators. Those are the two senators who went yeah. along with this. One of them is Joe Manchin, who said, I don't want a mandate. I want incentives to get people to do it. Th so and that is what put they're, yes, tax they dollars right. into you consenting to let to buy or let the government buy for you something right. from big pharma i mean it's just throwing more and more money at it because they it's like nudge it's like that book by cass sunstein mm -hmm. they know yeah what they're just trying to do what works choice architecture yeah they're all saying that what you said they're all giving that caveat when they take the opposite stand there was this theater that i am aware of that it's a small theater that doesn't have very many audience members anyway in general who have recently implemented a mandate, a vaccine mandate for performers and for people who come to the show, which is just funny to me because nobody goes to the theater anyway, and they're just ensuring that even less people are going to go to the theater that no one already goes. I mean, seriously, like three people on like a good night at this place, and they're like, you know what, we need some mandates to make sure none of these people come back ever again. Well, that when I see something like that, I mean, maybe they're just stupid and virtue signaling or whatever. I've seen that happen before, and then they rescind it because they see what happens. But there's also sometimes if something like that happens, I'll look behind the scenes and see, was there some big government program where they'd give you a subsidized loan or a grant, but on the contingency that you had a vax mandate so all of a sudden you get ten thousand dollars you can lose it in the on the front end but you're making more on the back end tax incentives we saw that chick from the jfk gov school i think it was or maybe she wasn't from the gov school but it was again a rockfin clip that we brought where she said we'll get the airlines to go along and we'll promise them tax incentives yeah well i've seen that as well this place has not gotten that i'm pretty sure certain of that all right. Well, you guys can find us every weekday afternoon at thepropreport.com or your favorite podcasting platform at the Propaganda Report podcast feed. If you want access to the extra content that we post every time we post a DMB, go to patreon.com slash propaganda report and check out our tiers there or rockfin.com slash propaganda report and check out what we have to offer there. We will talk to y'all next time or in the DMB XR. Have a fantastic rest of your day.